This week I took Alf into London and I randomly bumped into a friend and I've not seen her since, well, the pandemic, but also since I became a mum. And she is a mum, a mum to a boy. And the moment I saw her, she literally burst into tears and hugged me. And obviously it's like so sad to think that she's struggling, but it was also really nice to think that like, all the struggles and the hardships that we go through as mums that we're not alone it's also allowed me to like be there for her and to hopefully like reach out more because I know that she is finding things difficult at the moment but it it also I feel like connected to her and I think it's like such a good thing to talk about because there's this kind of like thing where we feel like we have to like be happy or strong especially as mums we don't want people to think that we're not coping but actually sometimes when we're not coping to be able to like talk about it with someone it allows them to help but also connect and share their story as well so I actually wanted her to come onto the podcast today because not only can we talk about all the struggles and the things that we're going through but I know for a fact that she really struggled with something that I am currently going through and that is postpartum hair loss. I don't know if you guys experienced it or are experiencing it or are maybe worrying about experiencing it but if you have any tips or tricks I would absolutely love to hear them because I actually thought I might have avoided it because I'm nearly 10 months postpartum now and I just hadn't had it, but maybe it's because Alf isn't really like breastfeeding as much in the day. So I'm actually recording this and it's 5 p.m. and he has not breastfed since 8 a.m. this morning, which is practically unheard of. So in some respects, I feel amazing for it because I'm like, (laughs) freedom! It just allows me to get more done obviously I need to have somebody here to help um so in today's case Tommy's mum is kindly downstairs while I'm doing this but I feel less attached to him but not in a in a way that I'm like wow I, I might be able to start seeing friends again more and doing things a little bit better and it's exciting because he's growing up but in the other sense I feel a bit like oh no this like beautiful journey that I've I've loved is like feels like it's starting to come to an end although at night time I'm not gonna lie he is still an absolute boob monster for anyone who is breastfeeding or actually bottle feeding do you find that your babies feed less overnight because I feel like the night time is meant to be the period when your boobs fill up but Alf is pretty much like obviously we're still co-sleeping but he is just constantly on my boob on a good night I'd say he feeds three times but I think my boobs are also his dummy and I've tried dummies but they're not working but anyway I digress from the hair side of it so with hair I don't know if it's because I'm not breastfeeding in the day now that my hormones are starting to change and so my hair's like okay now we can leave see ya but I do feel a little bit stressed about it and I know for a fact that my friend and my guest today also went through this. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I know you're going to love my guest today. She is someone I consider a friend, but also a model, a presenter, mummy to her son, Cooper. She is known on Instagram as The Georgia Edit, where she posts amazing content about parenting, women's health, fitness, beauty, lifestyle. And the reason I love her account so much is because she is very good at documenting the real honest truth of parenting, the highs and the lows. Welcome, Georgia Jones. Oh, that was that was po- possibly the best intro I think I've ever had. <laughs> is it? Oh, yeah. I love that. That was so nice. I was like, oh, is that me she's talking about? <laughs> I, I always find when someone else introduces you, it's a little bit have, like having a hype man. Like, I wish yeah. our reflections in the mirror did the same. I know. I wish I because if someone ever says to me, "So what? Like, what? How would you describe like what you do?" I would never describe it like that. But hearing it was really nice. I get so awkward when people ask me what I do. Mm. So I've just kind of started to become friends with some of the mums from swimming club, and they were talking about like maternity leave and going back to work. And then they were like, "Oh, when are you going back?" And I was like, "Oh, I, I kind of already. I'm, I'm already working, but I'm really lucky." Like. You know, I, I, I've kind of never had to leave work. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, so what do you do? Which is obviously a really normal question. And I was like, that. Uh, 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 oh. like going to panic mode because I don't know what to say. And then I'm like, oh, I'm like a, a presenter and I and I, a DJ, but I'm not really DJing at the moment. And um, uh, yeah, oh. and, I, and I do bits on Instagram and uh, <laughs> I'm a, I guess I'm a broadcaster. And then in my head, I'm like, why are you making this like really uncomfortable for everyone? Yeah. <laughs> I do exactly the same thing. I mean, if ever I crack, I'm a model into it. I'm like, and normally if I'm at the like nursery gates, I've got my hair scraped back, no makeup on. I've like just done whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I, I am. A, I am a model, but I know, I'd, I know I was going, I know I don't look like one right now, but I am one. <laughs> I found that I've started doing that a lot on social media and someone pulled me up on it in a nice yeah. way the other day. One of my followers was like, I've noticed that you keep being like overly apologetic because I said, oh, like, sorry for, for sorry for doing a pouty face. And they were like, you don't have to be sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're allowed to do a pouty face if you want to do a pouty face. That's like me with um, selfies. Like, I've started trying to do them again, but after becoming a mum, I kind of thought that I shouldn't be doing them. And I don't really know why. But I was like, if I'm a mum and I'm posting a picture where I think I look nice, people are going to be like, oh, she's a bit of an idiot. But before it didn't even bother me. I didn't even really think about it. But it's so weird how like your mindset changes. Do you think it's because of like what you feel like a mum should be or should be doing? Yeah, maybe. And if I'm there, you know, like posting pictures when I've maybe put my makeup on and stuff, people are going to be like, oh, well, look at you having time to put your makeup on. I'm like, well, 
you know, my job requires me sometimes to like have my makeup done or like, you know, if I'm going to an event or, or putting my makeup on to do, to shoot content, for instance, you know, and but I also like when- let's be honest, the days like we don't all, I don't care who you are and we don't all get to do our makeup and hair and stuff every day. And not that we need to or, or want to every day, but the days that we manage to get a blow dry or whether that's like a DIY one at home or even better in a salon. Not that I've done Mm. that since lockdown and get our makeup done. Like you just feel like you've got your shit together a little bit more. At least I do. Do you find that? It's just a treat as well. You're like, Oh, I want to show this to the world. Like how rare is it to look like this? So I'm going to show everyone. I'm going to show, have a little show off. Why not? My current thing with selfies is, I I don't think it's becoming a mum thing, but I think it's an age thing. And Mm. I think it's because I don't necessarily like what I see back in the reflection because I am struggling with age. And I think because I'm breastfeeding, so even if I wanted to change my appearance, I can't anyway. Yeah. And and I'd love to be, I've always said, you know, when I was younger, I'd be like, I'm going to be one of those people who grows out gracefully. But now that I'm kind of, I don't think I'm old. I'm 34. So if you'd have asked me when I was 25, I would have thought that was ancient. But now I'm like, do you know what? We live hopefully to where 100. I think the UK average life span for a woman is 85, 86. So by all accounts, we're not even halfway through. So we're very young. But being 30 plus, I was like, oh, I'm starting to notice like fine lines and wrinkles and pores. And sometimes even when I do my makeup, I'm like, what what is this reflect why is my phone lying to me <laughs> oh my gosh I know well do you know what the more makeup I put on it seems the older I look because it sits in your creases <laughs> yeah it's funny isn't it because I feel like when I was younger I loved wearing foundation and now yeah um I love how we're not even talking about children at all yet know, but now like makeup <laughs> a good light cc cream is definitely especially because um I don't know how uh, Cooper is sleeping or how he slept as a baby but sleep for me is not the one and it just gets all caked up in your tired eyes and <laughs> did you find that becoming a mum made you more not necessarily insecure but did it make you mm. think a bit more about your appearance because of all the changes that you went through it was really weird actually I'm probably more insecure of my body now than I was when I was like breastfeeding for instance because I think after I'd had Cooper I think I was just like I was just in awe of my body I was just like I can't believe what I've just done like that's ridiculous like what I've just done pushed a human out so I was just kind of like amazed by myself whereas now I'm just in this constant state of I'm not working out like I like to like I work out because it amazing for my mental health it makes me feel good it makes me feel fit makes me feel healthy I like the feeling of being toned which for some reason there's a taboo about that as well but you know that's just how I how I like my body to be it's always been that way and I'm not doing that moment because I haven't got time (laughs) I'm eating crap because I haven't got time I'm not getting as much sleep so I've got bags under my eyes I look tired I'm not drinking enough water so like my skin's like just dehydrated from the inside out so I think now I'm more conscious of the way I look than when like I first had him it's really interesting isn't it because I feel like I'm Mm. going through this phase at the moment 
number one, where I look back at my pre-pregnancy self and I'm like, wow, I looked amazing. But I have to remind myself that I didn't feel it at the time. And that's what reminds Mm. me that it's actually not about what our bodies look like because it's, it's about our mindset. Because if we, it's like, I look at my body from when I, like a few years ago before Alf was in on the scene. And I remember feeling really insecure, not having much self-esteem, thinking like, I wish I was the type of person that could get away with wearing crop tops. And now I look back and if I could go and tell my youngest, I'd be like, girl, put those crop tops on. You look yeah. amazing. Do not settle for shit from men. Like you are a fucking goddess. Like you strut your stuff, but I didn't feel, I didn't feel it then. And I think we, we can all get a bit fascinated. I think, especially in the like early throes of new mum life of like being like, Oh, I, will I get my body back? And number one, like our body obviously never went anywhere. And number two, I mean, it, it is going to change, but we'll also look back in, five, 10 years and be like, God, what were we worried about now? So I feel like I want my future self to come back and be like, girl, (laughs) strut your stuff. Yeah. Honestly, Ashley, like when, like even now I do it, maybe like, like I'll have a, you know, sometimes if I want to find an old picture for a a post I've got to do or something like that. Even now, if I scroll back to like three months ago and I'll find these pictures, I'm like, why on earth didn't I post that picture? And I know why I didn't, because at the time, didn't like it of myself and I'm like what is wrong with me why do you like and I honestly think a, a huge amount of pop women pop, female population are exactly the same at the time you do not appreciate how amazing you are and how great you look how like amazing that outfit was and you know how fabulous your makeup look that day how beautiful your body is like and all this stuff and you just don't appreciate it at the time and every time I see a picture of myself from like the past whether it be like a month ago or five years ago I think to myself I need to start reconditioning my brain to appreciate every single moment because every single moment you do look good in that given moment and you're constantly changing like you you never stay the same I'm nodding along because I have it where I think I look like horrible. And then I look back Mm. even a month ago, I'm like, I look really good then. And so why can't I just believe that? Not, And I feel like all we've done is talk about the way we look, but is it, (laughs) I do feel like, yeah, why? I wonder if that is a thing that we all have. Like, why can't we appreciate how we look here and now? I think that's it. I think, I think we just don't. There's something in our brains. We're all conditioned to... Well, I guess that is like the beauty industry, the diet industry. We're all like so conditioned to want to be a certain way and also think that happiness is in changing our appearance or whatever it is. But I think it's going back to what you said earlier. It, for me, it's if I eat well, it's for me, it doesn't really have anything to do with how my body looks, but it's like the nourishment, drinking water. That yeah. is like the number one thing, isn't it? I think I'm a bit like you that I went through pregnancy and I actually really enjoyed the changes of pregnancy. I didn't enjoy Mm. so much pelvic girdle pain and not being able to walk and not being able to turn over (laughs) in bed, but I loved seeing my body. And I felt like, I felt like my body was made of magic, just watching this like thing grow in me. And then, um, and then even like the beginning of postnatal, I, I was just in awe. I was like, I will never hate you again because <laughs> I, you've just done this amazing thing. And obviously bodies are amazing. Like they keep us alive and they let us climb mountains and 
kiss people and you know all those amazing things that we would not be able to do if we didn't have a body and also we'd look really weird if we didn't have a body but (laughs) do you know what I mean but it's like I feel like then you get past I've just hit the like that time now that Alf's been out of me longer than he was in me and it's, it's almost like at what stage have I no longer got a postnatal body or do I always have a postnatal body? And is this at the beginning, I was like, Oh, it's changing. It's changing. It's changing. And now I'm like, is this just my body now? Or is this? Yeah. I do think, I think your body's always going to be a little bit different because I don't think you're kind of like your hips or, you know, your boobs, they're never going to be the same. Like mine is certainly not the same. Everything loses. It's, it's form a little bit, I'd say, but, it's just a new body and you just, it sometimes just takes a while to get used to it. That's the thing. I don't feel like it's necessary that I love or hate my body more or less than I did beforehand. It's more that it, it feels like someone else's body. It's a different mm. body. Yeah. And that's quite confusing. Did you feel like that? Yeah. Do you know, I, actually, some of your posts I've really resonated with the ones, your some of the ones where you're talking about your boobs. Um, because when I was pregnant, my boobs went absolutely, well, I mean, for me, enormous. Because I've never had boobs. And it felt so alien to me. And I suddenly realised what all my friends with big boobs were talking about when they said, they felt they didn't like getting their cleavage out all the time because people would stare. And I remember I always used to say, oh my God, get it out. Like your boobs are amazing. Like if I had big boobs, I'd get them out all the time. And then I remember when I finally got them, when I was pregnant, I was like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. Why you all felt like this, like, you know, that men stare at your boobs because they do, don't they? They really do. Whereas I'd never had that issue before because it was basically a breastbone. <laughs> that were nipples and that was it. That's so, it's so interesting, isn't it? And I don't know about you and I know it's ironic because we're talking a lot about bodies and image now, but there's something about having a baby that I feel like there's more scrutiny and pressure on the way you look than there I feel like there ever has been before and like I said Mm. I know that that's ironic because it's what we're talking about now but it's I feel like I I mean I know that we mean you've spoken about this in the past that suddenly the moment the baby's out it's like people become fascinated with your and I hate this expression but baby weight um Mm. which is essentially what's left from your body of doing this amazing miraculous thing and like some people lose, like lose the weight. I, I hate even saying that, that phrase, but lose it very quickly. People like Emily Ratajkowski, yeah. who then get really trolled and told that they're irresponsible and not good role models. Yeah. And then other people would um, find it harder to shift or maybe not want to shift it or be left with like tummy gaps and scarring and prolapses and all of those things. And yeah. And also I feel like people really celebrate and shame weight loss way more than before you have a baby. Did you find, did you find that? And what's your experience with that? Yeah, 100%. Do you know, I, I was, can't remember who I was talking to about this, but I was saying to someone, I think it was another mummy influencer about the how of the fact, because I, after having Cooper, I did go back to kind of like my, I mean, I definitely didn't go back to exactly what I looked like before, but I wasn't far off quite quickly not because I was doing anything like you know like you know limiting what I was eating or anything like that I think it was purely Cooper was sapping every 
ounce of <laughs> anything out of me. But I felt bad for even posting any part of my body online because I felt like everyone was like, oh, well, it's because I got a lot of, well, it's all right for you pinging back. It's all right for you. You've got a great figure. What about us mums that, you know, haven't pinged back? And I was like, but it's not my fault. It's not my fault my body looks a certain way. And now it's kind of, I'm being shamed for the way my body's looking after having a baby. And it really, really got me down. And I definitely started kind of like posting less of my body because I was actually ashamed. I was ashamed that I was still a size eight. And I was ashamed that I didn't have you know, a, a stretch marks, for instance, no one, no one in my family do. It's just is what it is. We just don't have stretch marks, but it was all these things. And, and the thing was, nobody said, how's your pelvic floor though? Have you got a prolapse? It was all just, well, you look great. So it's all right for you. And I was like, well, actually I wet myself whenever I jump. Um, I've got a prolapse. I have literally zero pelvic floor. And my boobs are like foreign objects on my body, but nobody, nobody asks you that. I talk about this a lot. I feel so passionately mm. that like any form of body shaming, it's like the kind of expression, real women, as if like women mm-hmm. who aren't naturally really slight or athletic aren't real. And that kind of, I think that's not promoting body confidence. That's actually just shaming another type of body. Yeah. Um, but also to reduce the only time I ever heard any talk about postnatal and the postnatal journey was in relation to weight so are you going to bounce back do you want to bounce back how's your weight are you going to lose the baby weight and it was all about weight loss so then when I was going through fecal incontinence incontinence piles prolapse to be honest like my weight was the last thing on my mind um Mm. I I do struggle with the size of my boobs because they were big beforehand and now I'm trying to get used to life with boobs five times bigger and that is something that maybe I'll consider correcting but obviously there's no point in thinking about it until I stop breastfeeding um and I I feel like is a whole other story and conversation and decision for another time but there is so much more to the postnatal journey than the way in which we look and the, how our body weighs. And like you said, I I feel like if I posted pictures of my body before, it was it was kind of like for me. I mean, there was less like comparison and judgment. Whereas I feel like now that I'm a mom, it's very much I think like oh, is my body like too big is it not big enough is it this is it that because I'm so worried about being considered irresponsible but actually the fact that Mm. anyone has to worry about how their own body looks and whether that is through healthy lifestyle and exercise or whether that is through you know I've got stretch marks and I actually love them and I hate the fact they're always considered a flaw because I actually see it as um, a tattoo from mother nature because everybody gets tattoos to mark different parts of their journey and I have stretch marks one from when I had a lump when I was 15 that ended up not being cancerous but it was you know like a big part of my journey and then I've got stretch marks on my bum and my hips from ALF and I was like how nice is that that my body grew a human and I get these little like stripes to kind of commemorate this time and I hate the fact that it's even like a celebration if someone doesn't have stretch marks or I get people messaging being like how did you how did you get away with stretch marks and this whole thing it's still kind of like weaponizing and judging women for their bodies it and also presuming that weight loss 
is always positive when actually I lost loads of weight recently because I had COVID and obviously I was breastfeeding through it. I was really ill. Alf was really ill. And I've actually um, dropped down to the size that I was before I was pregnant, but it's not healthy because I was ill. And to be congratulated on that, I find it a bit eerie. It is. I talked to someone recently about that, of when you get the praise for losing weight, not necessarily in the most health, like the healthiest way, not that you were trying, but other people that are, then when you're congratulated, it feeds you, it feeds into it's like, oh my God, they've said I've done really well. They said I look amazing. I'm going to carry this on. So I can see why it's a really, really easy downward spiral for some people. Yeah. And do you know what? I saw it really, I saw it recently. Um, I think it was Keisha, who's an ex-sugar babe, had gone to um, Leanne from Little Mix's 30th birthday. And she put mm. a tweet up with a picture of Leanne saying, wow, doesn't she look amazing? Which she did. Doesn't she look amazing? Snapped back after twin, already snapped back just after giving birth to mm. twins. And I was like, that's a really weird thing because like you can say someone looks amazing and it doesn't have to reference their weight, but yeah. it's almost like how, like she might be, like you said, she might be going through incontinence or piles or prolapse or insomnia or, or depression or all of these things. Yeah. And so to make someone to kind of like worship them for their size. And it also plays into the fact that for people like me who didn't snap back straight away, it's like, so am I not, do I not look amazing or am I not worthy of praise? Because I didn't, yeah. I didn't snap back. I, I mean, I had my, I think, I don't even think I wore a top for the first like month or two of pregnancy. <laughs> yeah. I did not, I was not a glamorous new yeah. mom. <laughs> Oh God, I wasn't as leaking from everywhere. I was literally just like, I got constantly just everywhere. I was just wet. <laughs> I was just like, I, I just can't move from this bed. I'm a mess. Uh, um, yeah. How old is Cooper now, um, Georgia? Cooper's three and a half. Well, just over three and a half. It'll be four in January, which is wow. mad. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. So do you feel like you have been on a journey of self-image? Do you still feel like a new mum and a post? Do you still feel like you have a postnatal body? Uh, yeah, oh, I do actually a little bit, but I feel like it's more postnatal body because I've kind of not sorted the parenting side of things where my life has, I mean, my life's never going to go back to how it was because I now have a child, but I've still, even like three and a half years in, I've not managed to kind of like sort my timings so that I can kind of like do everything that I want to do to make me feel like me. And I suppose that's a sacrifice you've got to make, isn't it? But, you know, like, for instance, exercise, which is one of my, like, it was one of my top things to make me feel so good is the one thing that's taken the biggest backseat because I'm like, right, well, that'll just have to wait. I've not got time to do that. I've not got time to go out and do that. I've got work to do. I've got a child to look after. I've got house to clean. So I think, yeah, I do still feel like that because I haven't got my kind of everything I want to do in order and how I want it. But then that might be the slight control freak in me with it all as well of like liking things a certain way and, and it's never going to be that certain way again. Do you know what? It, it's actually like quite reassuring to me to feel like, obviously I want you to have it all figured out and I want you to be able to like do the things that are important to you, but to know that I'm like not alone in it because since Alf 
since he was nine months, I kind of felt like, oh, I should have it all figured out by now. And yeah. actually, it's really hard to like figure out the childcare. And I feel really lucky that I've got Tommy's parents near and yeah. they will come like one day a week or sometimes on the weekend. But I find it really hard even like not to resent Tommy sometimes. Oh, massively so. Really? Because yeah, yeah, of course. I, because because for some reason, still in this modern world, it seems to fall on the women to be the the main caregiver. When actually a lot of women have the exact same careers as the men, but because we're the mother, we're the ones that have to wash and clean and organise childcare. And if uh, our diaries clash, we're normally the ones that have to sacrifice the going out or the, you know, the event or the work commitment. And I don't quite know why that's still a thing. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Because I would say like, even in our decision to, to be parents, it was a very much 50-50 decision. And the agreement was like, yeah, 50-50. Tom's always been really, um, is paternal the word or is it maternal? Yeah. But anyway, paternal. he's always, he's always yeah. loved kids and always really wanted kids. Whereas I was much more of a cold hearted bitch. I was <laughs> like, I don't know if it's for me, but... Anyway, when when we decided to have Alf, we were very much like 50-50 parenting. And I think it really took me by surprise how kind of old-fashioned and gendered the roles seem. And that's not a diss at Tommy because he actually is amazing and he always will do what he can where he can. But it's more like even society, like the fact that, you know, Tom got two weeks paternity leave, which again, he's really lucky to even get. But I was like, but... But what about after those two weeks and the fact yeah. that, yeah, sometimes I've got work to do, but I'll have to like arrange for whether it's Tommy's parents or a na- like the nanny, which will cost me money or, you know, whatever it is just to be mm. able to get that stuff done. Whereas like Tom can just like go up and work and it's kind of like a given that I'll look up. <laughs> look up. I yeah. will say I'm, I'm the free babysitter. Yeah. And then it, I don't know whether you do this and I know a lot of my friends do it and I certainly do it is when they then are doing like something for you and the child. Well, which sounds ridiculous to me even saying that out loud. You go, oh, thank you. Or do you mind? Or could could you do that? And then you almost feel like you owe them. And I'm like, why am I thanking? Why am I thanking Danny for, you know, taking Cooper up for a bath or, you know, taking him for a haircut or something? Because... Danny's Danny's job too, and and again, like you said, D- Danny is amazing. He's very hands on dad. But when I first had Cooper, Danny went to back, had to go back to work because he was filming the boys' kids. He had to go back five days later. Wow, five days, and he was got he was he was working nonstop from that point. And I was literally like, oh my, like oh my god, I'm lit just been thrown into this at the deep end on my own what the hell's going on you know and in in those early days when it's your first baby even something as simple as trying to get a glass of water whilst you're in the middle of breastfeeding is hard (laughs) oh the days where you'd sit down to breastfeed and the remote control would be out of reach and you'd be like yeah or your phone (laughs) or your your water and you'd be like oh my god i'm literally gonna die at first if i don't get a glass of water right this second (laughs) 
Hello and welcome to A to Z of Men, a brand new podcast that helps explain, well, men. Each week, myself, Chris Brooks. And me, Scott Robinson. We take on a different letter of the alphabet. What? In order? Yeah, in order. We will find a word that best describes men that starts with that letter. So it's basically like a guide. Like a guide, yeah, that's correct. Well, this will really help me explain myself to the wife. We tackle topics such as mental health, stereotypes, and stupid things us men do. Don't forget sex. Oh, and sex. So join us each Wednesday as we create the A to Z of men. You can find us wherever you get your podcast from, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Acast. Just search for A to Z of men. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's funny, isn't it? Because I I do really think that like resentment between partners and obviously I can only speak for heterosexual couples is because that's mm. like our experience, which is why that's what we're talking about. But it is it's funny because I do feel like the resentment is there and it's almost like the the fact that like I don't know, like Tom could walk down the street with a pram and literally people would like swoon and clear the way for him and tell him what an amazing dad he is because it's so nice to see a dad with a baby. And that might be the case. But then I feel like I go down the road with a pram and I literally like get thrown onto the pavement and tottered at. (laughs) And and if I go out, it's like, oh, who's who's looking after the baby? And it's like his dad, the other parent. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think? (laughs) 
And it is hard not to like breed some form of resentment, isn't it? Like, because oh, it's like, I wish sure. I was you. I, I would love to get just get my work done and not think about it. But if you were to chat to any mum, if, if the, the other mum was being completely honest, I reckon at least 95% of other mums would say the exact same thing. It's just people don't like to always say it out loud because they don't want you to think that you like hate your partner because it's not that. It's just you resent that they can do things that you can't. And you do definitely, I think you've spoken about this before, but you mourn your past life and you kind of resent the fact that their past life is still kind of there a bit, whereas yours is pretty much I mean it's there a little bit but nowhere near as much as as the husband or the partner it's funny isn't it because I and I think because of that dads don't have that kind of like competitive or judgmental like I don't know they don't seem so like caught up in things because they can literally yeah. go to work come back play the kid and um Whereas like ours is, it's much more like consuming, like we, we lose and then we find our identity in some way. Mm. Tom keeps talking about wanting to learn golf and I'm like, no, oh, <laughs> if you oh, think that no, you can get not. to work <laughs> week and then pick a sport where you would be out for the entire day of the weekend. Oh. I was like, it's not, no, no golf for you. <laughs> yeah. Danny plays golf and football. So yeah, I'd maybe like stay clear of the golf 100%. <laughs> you're that like, is a long spot. You're like, my, my one bit of advice is never let them play golf. <laughs> or, or even more than that, cricket. Danny's not a cricketer, but I know that match doesn't have an end time. So like, yeah, definitely not avoid cricket. That is so true. Shout out to any moms <laughs> whose partners play cricket. <laughs> Although I am looking forward to, it's, I'm looking forward to the day that um Alf's like, well, presuming that he is into sport because he might not be, but I'm looking forward to the day that he's into sport and Tom can just take him out for the week for the whole like day of the weekend and I get a yeah. self-care day. We've literally just started that. So, however, I've been going only because like it's really cute when it first starts. So Cooper's just started football and I can't bear not to watch because it's adorable. I mean, it's, it'll lose its shine in about a week, but <laughs> we're only about three weeks in. And um, also one of my one of my best friends, her little boy has started as well because um, she's a single mum. And it's actually, that's a, that's a really big thing is that classes like that, so group classes like that, if there's split parenting, it, it's very rare that they do, they will let you do a week on, week off. So it's really hard for single parents to be able to do classes because you normally have to pay for the bulk of the class and you have to go every week. You can't pay the amount and go every other week because that's that's the problem with single parents is if the, the child's at the dad's one weekend and the mum's the other weekend, weekend classes are really hard to do if you have to book them in a, you know, in a in a bulk of like 10 classes. God, I just take off my hats to any any single parents and especially oh, yeah. like doing it with shared custody, which I guess is what mm. it usually be because, mm. yeah, I think I've, I honestly think that you're all heroes because it a lot of people do stay in relationships that don't work. And so to walk away and to then have all the like admin and the the extra stresses that come with being a single parent, I think I think mm. you're rock stars. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, my, my best mate, she's just, doing the sterling job because trying to work as well at the same time and like you know support your child it's so full-on it's full-on at the best of times even when you've got a you know a partner to do it with my friend 
Dick, funnily enough, today, um, she's been on my podcast before. She's an amazing episode about adoption. She adopted a little girl, mm. um, but mm. she just sent me a video. Her daughter's gone out with um, her friend, uh, literally just down the road to, the, to Kew Gardens. And yeah. Vic sent me a picture with hair dye in her hair at her desk. And she was like, the juggle is real. Just trying to get like <laughs> done in like the short space of time. But that's it. That's it. Like I've been recently, because Danny's been on tour, I've been going home back to my mum and dad's in the north. There came a point where I was just like, because it's kind of been about three months of me doing, well, basically solo parenting for a lot of the time. And it just got to the point where I was like, I can't do this on my own anymore. I need help. And I, I fully waved my white flag and held my hands up. And I said, like, no, enough's enough now. I can't. I can't do it all on my own. I'm exhausted. I was exhausted because Cooper's not the best sleeper. Um, and I just couldn't do it. I was trying to work. I was trying to look after him. And don't get me wrong, he goes to nursery. But when he's at nursery, that is my only nugget of time to get all my work done. And like we've talked about before, haven't we? It's not a quick thing doing your doing kind of creating content it can take all day just to shoot one ad can't it yeah I mean the juggle is definitely real but I was so pleased when I saw that you went back to your parents and I think this is the thing Mm -hmm. for anyone you know whether we've got a partner or not like it is really hard and I think it's so important to ask for help because there are people yeah. that can, that can help. And I sometimes feel like I've always been bad at accepting that I need a bit of support or help. Mm-hmm. And actually yeah. when you do, like when Tommy's mum comes around, <laughs> it's just like such a game changer, even to be able to like have a shower or have a nap or get my work done. And so that's one thing off like my mental load or get some washing done or whatever it is. Like yeah. I feel like we, we have to like almost get over the the feeling that people will think we're not coping because like most people will get it and most people will help. But a lot of people don't think to offer to help because they don't want to make you feel like, I don't know, to like disempower you or whatever. Yeah. And a lot of the time I think we do power through and don't let people in and don't let them realize that we're actually struggling and having a bit of a hard time. Like, and it's really, really difficult to say help to say I need help it's and once you've done it it's like a whole weight's lifted off your shoulders but just that initial thing of saying actually do you know what I'm struggling and I need help it's just hard Mm, I think as well because we have to be like the rock for our kids so we forget that we are allowed to be we're allowed to not have it all piece together (laughs) I don't know yeah you're allowed you're allowed to be vulnerable you're allowed to need a a cuddle from your mummy too like that was my thing I went home and I just cried I just had a cry with my mum and just said I was like I just need my mummy <laughs> I, was like, I just want to be a little girl again and have a uh, you know mummy cuddle and you make everything better and she did and dad and my dad as well my mum is just not a cuddler I think if I said to her like, oh. I need to cuddle she'd literally give me one of those like awkward pats <laughs> there you go or like oh, chin up maybe you'll like, be fine crack maybe, on yeah maybe like your best friend or so yeah. whoever's the cuddler whoever would give you a bit of comfort we've all got we've all got a cuddler whether it's yeah, you or yeah. not I know I force it on people Covid was horrendous for me because I was like what I can't, I can't cuddle you <laughs> I know I, I still I always find like with Covid that 
I feel like I was always really awkward with greetings anyway. And now with COVID, it's made it even awkwarder because I'm like, do I handshake? Do I cuddle? Do, are you cuddling at the moment? <laughs> and like yesterday, I, I bumped into my friend's mom and I gave her like a hug and a kiss in the cheek. And then I was like, oh God, sorry, is that okay? Do, are you cuddling? And she was like, no, don't worry, I am. But she was like, you've just made this really awkward. I was like, that's what I do. <laughs> yes, I like to make things awkward. It's like when I saw you at that event, I didn't give you a choice. I just launched, launched myself at you and cried. Oh, I know. <laughs> I bumped into Georgia and um, yeah, I think you were just so happy to see like another fellow mum. Because oh, you asked me if I was okay, that was the thing. Because I thought if I, because I was, I was, I was on the brink of needing to go home at that point. I thought to myself, if I see anyone I know today, and they ask me if I'm okay, that's just it. That's gonna be it. You know, when you know you, you know you're on the brink of tears. And then I saw you, and I was like, no, I'm not fine. But it's so nice, you know, because like. I know that you were like, oh God, sorry. But I was like, no, it's so nice because it also makes me feel like I'm not alone. And I think that's a thing when sometimes we say we're fine when we're not, but actually the moment we open up, like it actually gives you more connection to someone. And yeah. I, feel oh, like, I don't know if I was struggling now, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to message Georgia because I know that you've been through it. Whereas sometimes when we, we pretend to be fine, people almost think we're fine. So they don't even ask. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. And if you've always been quite like a strong person or always been the one that's like always looked after everyone else, people just assume that you are fine unless you give them some kind of inkling that you're not. They do just assume you're fine. We've I've actually just recently set up a, a WhatsApp group with two of my friends that I think it's called something like you're never alone because I'd, um, I'd gone to see them and I'd basically kind of just gone oh, I'm just having a hard time at the moment. So we created this group just to keep checking in on each other. Um, Yeah, and it's really nice because now every kind of, you know, every few days it's like, how are we all, are we all doing okay? Because we've all got babies of like different ages. It's just nice, nice to have that little bit of comfort. Definitely, and always good to open up. I love that we've covered like so much ground and none of it is what I wanted to talk to you about. I know, I'm so sorry. No, it's great. I love it. Um, But what I actually wanted to talk to you about is postpartum hair loss. Mm. I think I'm going through it. And I actually remember when I was pregnant, um, us having a conversation about it because you said that you really struggled with it. Yeah, I did. Because I've always had really super thick hair. And um, when I was pregnant, oh my goodness, it was like a, a mane. It was just so thick. And then after I'd had Cooper, oh my goodness. And I think it was when I came to the end of breast stop, of breastfeeding my hormones obviously altered and oh my goodness it was just coming out in the shower in absolute chunks like and it's so scary I think that I might be I don't know if I'm coming to the end of my breastfeeding journey like I'm certainly not deliberately coming to the end and Alf definitely Mm. feeds through the night but he doesn't really want the boob in the day I love that I just call it the boob the boob boob. (laughs) there are two but it's the boob (laughs) And I really noticed my hair starting to come out. Like you said, I washed my hair today. And then when I was like combing my hair after that, the amount of hair that was coming out. And so that's when I was like, I need to speak to Georgia about this because I remember you said you struggled with it. And it does seem a bit unfair that in your pregnancy, you're like, you get this lovely, beautiful hair and then (laughs) then you you have a baby and you're really overtired and you're doing your best. The hair's like, see ya. (laughs) Yeah, well, I just felt like my body was just giving up on me. I was like, 
I've got a prolapse. I can't, I'll keep wetting myself. My hair's falling out. My boobs are leaking. I was like, what is going on with my body? I was like, you'd think it would like, you'd turn into a goddess to congratulate you. You know, you think you'd like have this gorgeous glossy mane to be like, well done. You've done such a good job carrying that baby. But no, everything just falls apart. But um, what I will say about the hair loss is, number one, you're not actually well, this is this is kind of broad, but for the majority of people, you're not actually losing more hair than you would normally. It's just during pregnancy, you retain more hair than you would normally. So then when the, your hormones alter back, more, all that hair that you haven't shed starts coming out. So it just seems like a hell of a lot. Like I got to the point where I was like, if this keeps coming out, I'm going to be, I'm going to be bald soon. Like it's going to be big ball patches but there wasn't and it does get better and I promise it does slow down and it does eventually stop but it it, it is scary when it first happens because it's a lot of hair did you did you like take anything or use anything yeah. that you found helped I used a shampoo by Avida oh, I feel like it was called in Invati I'll, I'll have to try and find out the name of it it begins with an I N anyway um and Honestly, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. I did notice a really, really big difference. I'm just looking. The, the Avida one is called Invati. Invati. That's it. Yeah. Um, really good. Really, really, yeah. Champion you know that I one. And I think is actually quite good. Is um, I've carried on taking the, um, what are they called? Let me look. You know the, pre- you know the Pregnacare supplements that you have in pregnancy? Yes. They also yeah. do breastfeeding ones. And I mean, I'm sure they're fine to take, even if you're not breastfeeding, but it's basically just like mm. supplements. But anyway, they've got biotin in. And I have found that if I forget to take them for a few days, my hair does seem to like start to shed. But then when I take them again, it seems to stop. So I would definitely recommend like keeping taking like your vitamins. I did. I carried on with the vitamins that the, the ones that were safe for when I was breastfeeding. I carried on taking those for as long as they lasted. It's you know it's all good for you and yeah definitely some kind of, like you know there's supplements that are meant to be good for kind of hair and hair growth so definitely uh, yeah just do whatever I could because I was just like please don't all fall out. If anyone listening has any tips if you've experienced like postpartum hair loss that then please message I've got the email askmumsthewordpod at gmail.com or send a DM or when you leave a review, then you can always put comments there as well. But I'd love to know. I feel like this is something that so many of us worry about. Um, mm, yeah, it's it really unfair that we have to go through it. <laughs> I'd rather almost go through it in pregnancy, but I feel like hindsight's a great thing. You probably wouldn't feel like that when you're pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I think as well, though, with things like that, is like anything that's like looks related, anything that could at all come across as like vanity, People don't talk about it enough because they're worried people are just going to think they're being vain when actually a woman's hair is a big part of them. Yeah, it's true. I actually snapped my hair a few years ago from over bleaching it and it really, really, like literally at the crown, it was all snapped and it took years. Mm. Anyone that's followed me for a while will know the hair journey that I've been on. And so it, I, I, was, I think that's why I'm panicking so much now about like the the potential of losing it because I kind of only just got it back and healthy and that was one yeah. good thing of lockdown that it allowed me time for my hair to like breathe without having to 
get it like styled so much with work. It's so funny, you know, we, it's like we've lived like these little parallel lives because the exact same thing happened to me when I was like in the height of modeling, it got bleached and all dropped out. I had like a mullet basically. <laughs> it's, it's a scary thing when it happens, but yeah, my one bit of advice to anyone that's going through postpartum hair loss is just kind of try and ride the wave and just remember it's gonna stop and it's not all your hair falling out. I love that. Georgia, we get different questions every week. And this week I've got a question through from Lucy. And she said, I'm finding it hard to get my confidence back after giving birth to my baby girl. She's just about to turn eight months and I fall in love again every day with her and less with my own image and self. I've been living in leggings and hoodies for the last eight months and I want to feel better about myself. And I think getting out of the sweats will really help. I want to stay comfy and a lot of my clothes aren't fitting as I would like. Do you have any clothes suggestions that are comfy but don't look like I've just thrown something on? Oh, I mean, always a dress, always a dress with some form of like elasticated waist, nothing that's like requires a waist belt that's going to cut you in half. Do not wear, do not wear tight fitting jeans. Like honestly, since having a baby, tight fitting jeans are just like the beard of my life. They, they're just so uncomfortable. Anything that's kind of like nice, flush, like the so you wear a lot of gorgeous kind of, um, you know, like midi dresses. I love this. Because you literally can just throw them on, but they look like you yeah. effort and you can wear them with trainers, you can wear them with boots, you can wear them with heels, like they're very like, throw it on and you feel great. Yeah, exactly. And then like you can dress them down with like a jumper over the top or underneath, or you can dress them up with like a blazer and like, you know, like heels. So I think they're just like such a key part to, to a mum that wants to feel comfortable but also wants to look good. And also, you know, it does take a while to get your confidence back. It really, it really can, but she just needs to remember to just start doing things that she knows makes her feel good. And I'm, a, I'm the world's biggest hypocrite there because like, I'm like, well, I really need to do exercise because it makes me feel good and I don't have time. But if she does have time and she can do things that make her feel good, even if it's just having a bath or painting her nails on a night, or like calling a friend. I like to take Alpha out in the pram for his afternoon nap because then I know that I get time with my hands where I can like text friends or ring a friend yeah. in the pram. And like I feel like if he naps in the house, I end up just faffing. Whereas if I'm out, I'm getting a bit of exercise because I'm out and I'm out of like the four walls, but I'm also yeah. able to catch up with people. That's my little thing. That's it. I think that's why mums are so good at multitasking <laughs> because you have to. <laughs> that's why you always see mums on their phones on the, with the prep. It's amazing how much you judge mums before you're a mum. And then once you become a mum, you're literally like, I can totally understand why you're on your phone. I can understand why they're on their iPad. I can understand all the reasons mum do mums do things that you would previously judge them for. Honestly, hats off to any parents not giving their kids iPads because we have yeah. simple songs on all the time, not all the time, but in long long journeys in a restaurant. Yeah. It's everyone happy. And sometimes I'm like, people judge, but actually, would they prefer my child to be listening and quietly watching something, or would they prefer like absolute mayhem? So uh, exactly. Yeah can't judge what we don't know and just to finish yeah. off your question Lucy I would also say like any clothes that don't fit put them in a box like put, even if you're not ready to let like to get rid of them because I feel like your bodies do like naturally change for the first like mm. year 
obviously you're eight months, but my bones are definitely still moving, but put them in a box because there's nothing that has a bigger impact on your self-esteem than waking up every day and looking at clothes that are too small for you. So put them in a box and get some nice ones. Dresses are really good. I actually love um, M&S do these like cashmere. Attracts cashmere tracksuit. It sounds quite bougie and it is quite bougie, but they're just like so comfortable. <laughs> and I wear them year after year. They last like so well. And that's what I'm living in now as well. I've seen that on your Instagram. Very, it's very nice. I know I think I might get myself one of those. Yeah, they're great. Anyway, yeah. I'm going to let you go. You might even get a bit of time to do some exercise after all of that. But I really <sighs> love today's chat, given that we've covered a lot of topics that I did not expect. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been lovely to, to just natter. I've loved it. And don't forget, if you've got a question that you want me and my guest to answer, get in touch by emailing askmumsthewordpod at gmail.com. You can even leave us a voicemail now on WhatsApp. So the number for that is 75 or of course you can leave it as a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, Georgia Jones, and I will see you same time, same place with a different episode next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.